You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, practice at the stadium is a wrap. First time back there since we downed the Jets to make the playoffs, and the last time we'll be there before Friday's game against the Falcons. We are recapping the day's work, including commentary from head coach Mike McDaniel, Christian Wilkins, Rob Jones, Noah Igbenogany, and so much more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time That's another Miami Dolphins. Kenny Walker gets us into the podcast today, and I don't remember getting this much back and forth in a training camp about how practices should be viewed and evaluated, but I'm really enjoying it because we are getting a PhD-level explanation opposed to the alternative chirping in the stands and that's why I wanted to start this podcast with it so I'm sure that anyone listening to this probably didn't miss the updates at practice on Twitter from myself and the million other people covering this stuff so the defense really got after it today and the offense had some spurts but the defense consistently bounced back and put its best foot forward got a bunch of bunch of pressure on the quarterbacks had some good plays against the running game a few picks in the back end as well here is coach McDaniel on how they view the battle of offense and defense and the idea that one side wins a practice versus the other um see here's the thing in the journey of like um especially when you're trying to be a good team uh you know their uh offense has its days defense has its days what you want is a team that takes advantage of any inch that the other side gives you so we we've had that those ebbs and flows on both sides of the ball um today it seemed um, without watching the tape, there was uh, clearly um, advantage defense, but that's not really how we look at, like, okay, they won. No, it's what and why and how we can progress. Um, I felt, you know, that was one of the cool things. I was um, pretty locked in with Tua during the day, and I could feel that he could feel that guys were um, a, a little – a little too geeked up and thinking and and sometimes you can get over competitive and then you jump off sides then then you start pressing and start stop thinking about your technique and start think you end up focusing on trying to make a play and then the inverse happens so um, that was I know he could feel it uh, there there were some guys that um, weren't their normal selves. That happens in practice every day, um, and you know I think um, the the journey is is just beginning for the for the team, and that's the way both sides of the ball um, have to look at it. There'll, there'll be plays too that the defense will learn from, um, but overall, it's a very productive day when people um, 
really put themselves out there and are able to learn from it. And sometimes those are hard lessons. And after practice, we did see Tua giving a spirited speech to the offense after a day that, you know, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you guys that the offense can be crappy on a day and it's like totally okay. You want to acknowledge the fact that you want to be better. As long as you bounce back from it, who cares? It's all it's all good. This, this stuff does not go into the standings. It does not go into the stat book and the box score like Coach mentioned there. So who cares until you should care? And it wasn't a good day. And so it's incumbent upon a leader like your quarterback, like Tua Tungavailoa, to make sure the offense knows that it's not okay. And Rob Jones was asked about that after practice. A two-parter here from Rob Jones, one on the speech at the end of practice, and then how he has seen Tua grow as a leader because Rob Jones has been here for three years now, uh, three of the four years for Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Who would know better than him? Um, you know, it was like, you know, him, him just being a leader like he is every day. He just told us, you know, we just got to keep working on the little things. You know, keep being competitive no matter, you know, when adversity hit, just keep grinding, keep going. That was basically all. And on the growth from QB1. Oh, you know, like, you know, last year he was a great leader. And this year, just, you know, you can just see the confidence keep growing, keep growing. He's just, you know, he's just taking control of the whole offense as a whole team and just making sure, you know, guys respect him as we've been respecting him. And, you know, we just follow him as we go. So there were two interceptions of Tua during the 11-on-11 portion of practice, his first two so far in team periods all camp long, and both excellent plays from the cornerbacks and and not great throws either. First, Noah Igbenogany, and Coach will tell you about this here in just a moment, and I can tell you as well since I I saw it play out, and uh, Coach's explanation allows us to get into the nitty-gritty of it. I I thought the exact same thing that he talked about, just textbook, textbook? Textbook zone coverage from Noah Igbenogany. He's working against Tyreek. He contacts him in the five-yard press window, peels back with his butt to the sideline, which is always the tell for zone coverage. Uh, Zone versus man. Man's going to be facing the man. Zone's going to have butt to the sideline, eyes on the quarterback. Gets the eyes back to the quarterback. Tyreek and Tua might have been on different pages on this throw because the ball goes up the sideline and Tyreek shuts it down, maybe expecting the ball to come short. But Igbenogany, because he's playing the quarterback, which... You know, to me, that's a better feel for him opposed to just trying to get to a spot and, and locate the ball late because that has not been his game. But he he sees it and gets more depth and, and follows the football up the sideline. And he lays out, not lays out, but lunges all the way out, outstretched, plucks it for the pick. Great catch, great play. Just textbook zone coverage from him from snap to finish, except maybe the return, which Noah's going to tell us about here in just a minute. But first, here's Noah Ibanagini on the interception. Uh, it was good, man. I was just uh, running down the sideline and uh, saw the ball in the air, went up and got it. And uh, um, I need to work on my return skills, though. I think I went the opposite way. Um, and so I'll work on that next time. I, yeah, I did. Went the opposite way, though, again. Uh, I got to work on the um, – I think there was – on, on my sideline when I got the pick, I think there was some room. But I was just happy, man. So I was just running whatever <laughs> wherever space was open. So Why don't we go ahead and hear from Coach McDaniel, who broke the play down better than I can. Here's McDaniel on Igbenogany's INT in practice. Again, that's why – Okay, don't underestimate the journey that is um, going from system to system in the defense. Specifically, um, you know, you you guys all know we we played a ton of man coverage, um, and now we play a ton of really everything. So that process and being able to identify eligibles and, you know, this defense does require a, a good understanding of what everyone's doing to be great. And he's, he's continued to progress and make um, more plays. He had, he had uh, you know, one of my favorite cloud reps that he's had uh, all camp. 
and really since he's been here, um, he got his hands up on a turnover. You know, these these are things that you like to see, and then you like to watch what players do with it. How does that how does that confidence um, materialize uh, moving forward? Is he um, is he thirsty enough to say I want more, or do you get comfortable? You know, these are that's why I like. Um, the preseason, I like the players' journey, and I like to watch them develop, try, trying to do the, or really fill, fulfill their dreams. The other INT that I thought was a pretty similar rep from Eli Apple that what Noah Egbenogany did. He really made a habit out of this back in Cincinnati, and I think it's a big reason why Lou Anarumo refused to replace Eli with their high draft picks in the secondary last year because of his veteran acumen and playing to the rules of his position, particularly in zone coverages, which, you know, in this defense, you're going to get a little bit of everything like we heard Coach talk about, but some man zone, some hybrid coverages. I, I like the idea of if X is playing man one side and, and Eli Apple can be playing zone on the other side. But on this play, Tua has just taken the offense down the field, bang, 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 like eight completions in a row to get down into the red zone. And he gets Durham Smythe on this route to the front pylon that reminded me of the interception that Tua threw going after Durham Smythe at the exact same pylon at Hard Rock Stadium against the Atlanta Falcons back in 2021, where Smythe kind of rounded the route off at the back end and didn't really run, you know, it wasn't really like a, 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 a comeback. It wasn't really a curl. It wasn't really an out. It was kind of a banana drifting route that didn't really put him in a threatening position. And I think because of that, it allowed Eli to get under the route, but also what allowed Eli to get under the route was really good recognition to come off that, you know, curl flat area in the short part of the field and sink back into the kind of honey hole portion of a zone coverage concept where you have the safety up top, the corner below, and in that kind of 10 to 18 yard range, you have a window you have to hit there. And Tua shot it for that, but Apple got depth and found the football and picked it off right at the end of practice to put an end to it. And so uh, really good play from those two guys that might be counted on this year, you know, to play some some decent snaps given the Jalen Ramsey injury. Uh, Apple also had a really good rep, and it's, it's funny hearing the commentary, you know, around the press box. I, I heard it was a bad ball, but no, it was a great rep where he pins chosen to the sideline. If your receiver is running your route on the hash marks along the sideline, quarterback has no chance there's nowhere to throw the football to so he put him up against the sideline and the ball goes over the top of that because you're trained to throw the ball over so the db can or the receiver can kind of stack the db on the inside and and use that outside part of the field to make the play but really good job there on that rep he's getting better every day at practice so far and taking to the system here and the offense had their big plays too including what everyone came out to see a 58 yard touchdown pass from two to Tyreek and I wanted to touch on Tyreek and Jalen's route running because you know they both had a handful of catches like they do every single day it's just rinse and repeat with the explosive plays the chunk yardage the space they create in the offense and by the way I had my best notes today because the stadium feed was on the TV above us in the press box on like a 10 second delay. And let me tell you guys this right now. If I had that every day at practice, you would get the best notebook possible. I do bring you what I think is a pretty good notebook in terms of my breakdowns of practice, but having that quick replay, I can watch the run say, oh, I know it's going off the right side. Let me go ahead and peek at Austin Jackson here, Rob Hunt, whatever it might be. Uh, And that was just really, really cool for, you know, a football junkie like me to have just so much easier to evaluate. But it gave me this opportunity on Tyreek's deep shot because I wouldn't have seen this otherwise. But you see him attack the off coverage and and really threaten as though he's going to 
basically cross the post safety's face, which we've seen him do plenty of times in this offense. Him and Waddle run all kinds of those crossing routes. But he presses the toes of Keedron Smith, who's lined up in the post in this particular play. And you see him kind of do a head nod and a, a, a step that widens his gait that would institute, you know, his next step is going to be a crossover to go across the field. And the minute he does this, Kedron Smith reacts and starts to flip his hips to run to that pylon to the other side of the field. And the minute Tyreek sees that reaction, he changes directions, puts the foot in the ground and breaks it off back the other way and runs to the other corner. And like Tua couldn't miss this throw because he was wide the F open. And by the way, quit talking about underthrows, man. Like the guy's a freaking track star. So he's not going to throw the ball 75 yards in the air. It's never going to happen. Quit complaining about 60 yard touchdowns, please. Stupid. Flawless route. Tua put it in the bucket. Touchdown. Fun play to watch. I do want to give Kedron Smith a lot of props because he stayed with the play and actually poked it out at the goal line, which, by the way, Tyreek, finished the play in the end zone, please. Uh, I know in a, a regular season game, I'm sure the peace sign goes up and all that, but great hustle from Kedron Smith. That's something you want to see there. Uh, he also ran down a deep ball attempt that I think this time Tyreek did go across the face of the post safety and Kedron Smith was getting depth on the other side. And I think he reacted quick enough to get himself in position to help Miles Dorn on a pass breakup down the field. Because I think that if he didn't get the depth on that play, we're talking about two bombs from two to Tyreek. So Kedron Smith, I'm not going to fault you for getting beat by Tyreek Hill one time in practice. It's going to happen. The rest of the stuff, I do take notice of that. Then Waddle, who you guys know how I feel about his game, his approach, his professionalism, talking to him in the cafeteria, one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth. There was a catch he made on about a 20, 25-yard throw from Tua that was just aces because X does a good job to sink into his part of the coverage to get under Waddle on this play. And Waddle's coming across the field, and Tua throws it. And this is why I love Tua and the receivers here. The trust he has in these guys to, to go win, even when they haven't won the route yet, is is premium, man. It's, it's supreme. Chef's kiss. I don't know what the hell you want me to say. But he angles this route back down towards the quarterback to cut off X in a way we've seen X do to receivers year after year down here. He cuts him off, gets in front of it, and makes a tough catch going to the ground. These guys are so freaking good. The speed is what everyone sees with those two, but it's the attention to detail in their craft is the number one thing that makes them great players. Uh, before we go back to Tua here, there was a brief lightning delay, and fittingly enough, right during Zach Thomas's speech, to me, that was the football god's way of saying, hey, go watch Zach. Practice is going to come back on here in a few minutes. Here's Coach on the opportunity to get reps with a game delay, as we know that happens very often down here in the South Florida weather. Um, reps. Apparently, uh, you guys would know more than I would, but that happens um, from time to time here. Okay, last year um, was an exception to the rule, I believe. So, and uh, we even have a coach on staff that's it's happened to um, in a Super Bowl, where where you have to um, uh, you have to go inside and then restart. So the biggest fear that I had, um, you know, I didn't want the the defense was starting to feel some momentum, and I didn't want them to all of a sudden have a lull. You know, that's what I was looking for. Um, and then I wanted the offense to, to kind of um, get their stuff together and, and, and try to sustain some stuff. It happened a little bit, and then um, self-inflicted wounds. So these are all things that uh, uh, the lightning is no exception. Um, you're, you're just happy to get stuff out of the way because you don't want 
um, these lessons to be learned um, when the score is final, the box score is real. Not crazy about how the audio sounds, but I digress. Let's go ahead and take our first break right there and come back on the other side, get back to the quarterbacks and the rest of the offense. We'll talk about defense as well. They certainly earned that right. All of that ahead on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Picking it back up here, segment number two on the special Saturday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. And back to the quarterbacks because Tua really showed the accuracy during the field goal upright passing drill in between uh, the lightning delay when they came back out in the field. And all the quarterbacks were trying to hit the upright from the corner of the end zone. So just the skinny pull from about, I would say, what was that, 25 yards out. And he went three for three. And the other quarterbacks, White and Thompson hit it once. Blackman failed to hit it a single time. But on the third throw, they tried to purposefully hit the intersection of the crossbar and upright, the little circle on the end of that crossbar post. And Tua dots it up and runs off and is pretty excited about it. You guys probably saw it on social, on Twitter. If you have not, go check it out. But the dude has keyhole accuracy, man. I thought Mike White had some good throws again to, to Braxton Berrios. He did have a touchdown to Chosen, but it was actually a pass breakup by who else but Noah Igbenogany just got unlucky. Ball got tipped into the air. Chosen pulls it down and runs for 40 extra, extra yards for a 50-yard touchdown. I thought Skyler, you know, I get on him for the, the ball placement and the timing issue, which it, it's still there, but had one of his best timing throws I've seen of him in practice, game or otherwise, on a shot down the middle to River Craycraft, who really ran some sharp routes today. Go Cougs, by the way, River. Uh, solidarity in the Pac-12, man. It's, it's dying, but Cougs' spirit never dies. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, man. There just wasn't a lot there for the offense. I thought Savon Ahmed had some really nice runs in this practice. Raheem always does, but he had a really nice gallop where he kind of got to that second level and had this wicked lateral cut, which I don't think he could do last year coming off the, the knee and trying to trust that knee, but he looks just faster and quicker this season. Chris Brooks continues to get some touches and get some good yardage today. I thought that was the case again. Uh, no Devon A-Chain. Coach did tell us he's just day-to-day, though, so that's good to hear. And then I mentioned Berrios, Craycraft, and Chosen at the receiver position. I thought the three of them showed you a little bit of what makes them intriguing players. Berrios, that short area quickness. Craycraft being where he's always supposed to be. And then Chosen, the long speed. Each of those guys offer something different. Just been a fun battle to watch so far. At tight end, I am really buying into Elijah Higgins. I think that he's got a lot of chance to, to be something here I think he's gotten better every day in the running game even had a rep where he stood up Emmanuel Ogba coming back across the formation you know that split flow action that everyone runs in the zone running scheme and this was a few plays after I tweeted about Ogba getting the best of rookie Julian Hill and how every damn time somebody lines up a tight end on Ogba it goes very very poorly for them but not when Elijah Higgins is in the game apparently he had a good rep against Ogba also caught a pass for I would say it was about 30 yards where he again Jumps, catches, twirls, comes down, lands, and takes off with acceleration. And it was basically one-on-one with 
you know, the, the corner that was going to be bringing him down was going to have to take a, a, a side angle at his legs, and I just think that Elijah would have ran through that tackle. So I think it was good for about 30, 35 yards there. I like Tyler Croft's work in the run game today. I haven't talked about him much in the podcast, but there was a rep where he came across the formation on a kickout block and sprung Savon for a good run. That's going to be his route to the roster. Phillips, you know, tough draw for any offensive lineman, for Austin Jackson off that side of the line. Uh, and he got him a couple times. There was a, a sack immediately in, in practice on Austin Jackson. And I thought, come on, Austin, let's go. Pick it up, man. And he did. There was a rep where he really showed me something today. He got into his pass set with a really good fluid kick, kick slide to get depth and put himself in good shape to kind of assess from there. And I'm assuming that JP kind of reacted to that because his reaction was to knife inside and grab that inside post when Austin flashed it. But I love this rep from an offensive lineman. Flash something for the pass rusher to say I can exploit that as long as you can get back there and shut it down. And he did that. He transfers his weight back inside, which to me has been an issue in his career so far. Didn't get himself tied up and then dropped the anchor, which has also been an issue, especially with active feet to get to that spot and then drop the anchor on the quick inside move from Phillips. I don't think I've seen him do it better than on that one rep. So progress, I think. Uh, I thought Cedric Oboy, he had some good work in the running game. He sprung a big run at one point from Raheem Moster. I'm impressed by Rob Jones's work. And Isaiah Wynn had some good reps today, too. In particular, one uh, blitz pickup where the linebacker came and, and he saw it and, and put that thing down right away. Let's go ahead and get to the stars of the defense here because uh, they were the stars of the day. We talked about the two DBs. And before we go up to the front line with Christian Wilkins and Jalen Twyman, let's hear from head coach Mike McDaniel on the value of Coach Fangio. And I love this answer about how different they are and how Fangio brings so much to the table. Here's McDaniel on the Dolphins' new D.C. Oh, it's been um, huge. You know, you don't uh, – you, you kind of find out in, uh, in trial by fire uh, certain things that could be advantageous. You know, I, you can pr- project as much as you want, but you don't know how things are going to exactly play out um, until you're in it. And I think having the opportunity to get – um, some some very uh, you know well seasoned we'll call them um, and experienced and um, the, the, you know guys, guys that would really have a true passion for coaching because it's the one thing I did identify I knew we had um, a, a large amount of young talent that had never been there before so um, those those types of things were were monumental for me um, and just knowing my own strengths and weaknesses, how to balance myself out so that you know I, the uh, each Dolphins player can get what I think they truly deserve. He was also asked this in regards to the depth beyond Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, and Raekwon Davis on the interior. And we also got some from sound from Coach about that group, but also more about the journey of training camp and kind of how letting things play out and not being so decisive early on, which you heard Vic Fangio talk about in his latest media availability about how we're trying to find certain aspects and we know certain things in certain spots, but the journey of this month of, of practice is about finding the rest of those spots in the team. Here's coach on the idea of that interior reserve part of the roster, but also the journey of training camp. It, it's funny how uh, some guys progress. That's why I have such a hard time and you guys get so frustrated with like, all right, where's this guy at? It's because I, I've seen too many things play out with different timings. So you have an opportunity, and maybe a certain thing clicks, and all of a sudden you find a niche in your game that 
okay, I'm a, a, a three technique, for instance, and wow, when I shoot the gap and get skinny, guys really struggle, and it can just be one play. And then what happens after that play? Um, is that a part of your game, or is that a flash in the pan? All these things are super interesting, and you can't figure them truly out until you have competitive situations that you try to create. Practice is the first step. Uh, a scrimmage is the next step. You get to go against other other players, and then you're in a preseason game. You know these are human beings that um, are affected by minor things, and they're they're putting their best foot forward, and you. You really have to wait to judge the full complexity of the situation until they've had all the opportunities. Otherwise, you're, you're pretty vulnerable to being completely flat-out wrong. And I try my best to not do that as best I can. And the one guy who seems to show up as consistently as anybody else is Christian Wilkins. We heard from him after practice. We'll go to him here in just one second. But first, let's hear what Coach McDaniel has to say about Christian Wilkins. Christian is... Um, you know, he, since I've been here, he's been one way. And I truly believe he, you know, in that way, he, he embodies what I expect for our, our team, each individual to be on a day-to-day basis for you to have success. So um, how do you categorize that? That's, that's an important part of the team um, that, you know, I, I, I promise you this, if Christian Wilkins came out to practice and was like, hmm, we'd have problems, you know? So um, as teammates, you, you end up depending on each other for certain things that you know you can, um, that you can count on, and energy, strain, relentlessness, um, these are all things that, that if you're trying to be a good team, um, you, you want to embody, so... As promised, we'll go ahead and hear from Christian Wilkins now, who talked about, and I love the way Safa Dean asked these questions about, do you know who you're yelling at? Do you know why you're yelling at people when you make plays and come off the pile yelling like you do? And here's Christian talking about why he does that and kind of where it comes from. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I'm a sick, twisted individual. I just, I don't know. I just, again, that's just passion. That's just love because there's nothing like making a big play because um, they're so hard to come by. And I don't know, I just love this game a lot. And when you think about just all the work you put in, that's what, you know, that's a great reward. Wilkins also discussed his routine and the pressure he puts on himself to be the fire starter of the defense and the team. I want to go ahead and play that and also him discussing his routine because it's so monotonous and so regimented and it's a big part of why he is who he is. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and, you know, when it comes to this game, um, and I kind of like that, like it that way. Um, because I just feel like, you know, if if who is it going to be if it's not me? Um, and uh, and my teammates are counting on that, and that's what this organization is counting on. So I try to just bring the bring the energy every day, set the tone, um, and kind of just be that spark and be that light for the guys in this in this building. And regarding his routine, yeah, I've kind of always been like that. Um, but it's a constant it's the constant work, it's constant grind, just to kind of improve that routine and improve your process and looking for little things that always gives you that edge and that advantage. But it helps me to stay locked in and focused. Um, I know what time I'm waking up. I know what time I'm eating breakfast. I know what time I'm getting to the facility. I know what time I'm doing everything at the facility. It's like clockwork, you know what I mean? And, you know, just trying to stay within that and not stray too far. It allows me to just 
be locked in, stay focused, and have a good routine and just, you know, ultimately, hopefully, at least the more success. You want to know who I'm projecting for the orange jersey on Tuesday? Jalen Twyman, who was just as good as Christian Wilkins was, who has been great all camp, hustle, run game, pass rush, just such a stud. But his answer here about the inquisitive youngsters and the way that they can pester you with questions can help you not just in your leadership role, but how the mentor of the relationship can take from that because it forces them to be on top of their game. I thought this was a really great answer from Christian Wilkins talking about Jalen Twyman, who was on one today. Uh, baby T, man, it's been it's been good to see, you know, the things he's been doing. He that he's like your annoying little baby brother. Just ask every single question about football nonstop. Like every single th- like he just nonstop full of questions and I love that because he challenges me. Now he got me thinking like he'll hit me with something sometime. I'm like, dang, how you know, now I gotta find an answer for him. Um but I just love, you know, the the strides he's made and just you, lo- you like to see that in a young guy, um, you know, who's struggled a little bit early in his career and still trying to find his way and navigate, um, you know, because, you know, I was I was once in a similar situation. So, you know, where I was struggling early, trying to find my way, trying to navigate, and that's all he's trying to do. And, you know, all the young guys in our own Bronson, just really just try to motivate them and, you know, keep them on the right path. So Twyman gets my nod for Orange Jersey on Tuesday. Multiple sacks, plays against the run, had exceptional effort and energy, celebrates a lot, had a very nice camp so far for Jalen Twyman. Zach Sealer got his wins. What's new? Batted some balls at line of scrimmage, had some pass rush, had those plays where he throws his man into the ball carrier. And I thought Raekwon Davis slipped blocks effectively all day, and Randy Charlton had himself a sack as well. I just continue to love the work, and I, I talk about this all the time, of Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips off the edge. Their ability to hold the edge and keep that outside arm free, but also shed back inside when the cutbacks, uh, you know, when the back cuts back, I should say, you just see it every single day. The outside run defense this year to me in camp looks a lot better than it was a year ago. Let's go ahead and take break number two right there and come back on the other side and finish this thing up with some more notes. We'll hear more from Coach McDaniel next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Just a little bit more to go here. I want to talk about the linebackers and finish up in the secondary before we get to some Coach McDaniel audio here. I continue to be so impressed by Andrew Van Ginkle and kind of taking on multiple roles in this defense. His feel for space was always something that I praised in terms of how he covered the curl flat as an outside linebacker and an edge defender. Uh, you know, go whack the tight end on the split flow action, get depth, find the curl flat route, and, and go plaster that running back or whoever it might be. And you see the way that he uses that same recognition, recognition and awareness of space for how he gets down into the B gap to B gap as a run defender because he gets right up to the formation gets right behind a defender and the blockers cannot catch and climb and get to him and and absorb him in the blocking game because of that position and then he reads the back and is able to go left or right to the gap that he has to pick based upon how he reads the back's action and often gets in the correct gap to make a play. So I think Van Ginkle has a chance to, to really play some ball this year for us. I see similar skills from Aubrey Miller, the rookie who made a couple of plays inside 
inside and outside, you know, both in a, in a Mike and Sam position today. So he's got some run game prowess as well. We talked about Noah and Eli in the back end. I thought Cam Smith looked good once again. And Coach McDaniel talked about his exit from Friday's practice that had everyone worried, including me. I w- was aware of the slip on the concrete. I, uh, I, that that didn't have a factor in, in his, uh, um, you know, he's just going through uh, what what rookie a lot of rookies go through. Um, really, when you think about it, it's it's very unique to the to their experience, especially if you're first, second, third round draft pick. Um, you spend an entire offseason training to to run sprints and test times. Um, none of that is playing football, and then you go someplace um, where everyone else has been um, training accordingly. You're trying to learn all this stuff. Um, you have a different lifestyle change, uh, and all all the things that come with that. Um, so it's very typical for for guys to be working through stuff as they are, um, you know, really modifying their body and mind to what it, what the NFL life is. Also mentioned Kedron Smith, just impressed by his effort all day long. Elijah Campbell had a pick because he ran to the football and scooped up a deflection. He's been so good this camp. Fun guy to talk to, fun guy to get to know, and and just watch his kind of development, I suppose, as a safety and a defensive back in this defense. He and Bryce Thompson both find ways to be around the football often. Thompson had a sack and a pass breakup in coverage on Jalen Waddell on back-to-back plays. That'll pop out on the tape. And then finally, Javon Holland was excellent in this practice. He's been good all camp long. He had a one-on-one play uh, where he tipped it up to himself over Eric Sauber, just kind of Dennis Rodman him in a way, got up top and tipped it up and then pulled it down for the pick. Also had some coverage to force a few incompletions during the team period. He's been super sharp. So fun day, fun week of practice here. Going to take a few days off, although the podcast is back tomorrow with a special episode of the show recapping Zach Thomas's induction into Canton. We did it, guys. It's been a long time coming. Zach Thomas, welcome to Canton, man. It's cool to watch that. Then we'll be off on Monday and back at it for joint practices Tuesday night and Wednesday night at 5 o'clock for the podcast. Let's play one more soundbite here heading into those joint practices. Here is Coach on the value of teaming up against somebody else for practice and why the player should take this opportunity. Absolutely. It's it's something that is very, very beneficial. It's very finite. You have um, generally two opportunities. Last year... Um, uh, in against Philly, you only had one, but you generally have two opportunities, and you know guys are sick of going against each other, and what you don't want to do is um, show up without an edge, and then you know both sides of the ball will have their wins. Invariably, um, you know the Dolphins' defense versus Atlanta's offense, and. Um, the Dolphins' offense versus Atlanta's defense. One side's going to feel the first day that they won the day. Um, and generally, the second day, um, things even out. Because you watch the tape, and you're like, no, not again. Okay. You want some, you know, one of those things. So um, I think all those lessons, I'll try to pass along. Um, but the, the main part is that we're there um, to work together to orchestrate a, a high-octane football practice, and you, it's a great chance to, um, for a lot of guys to compete against people that, that have different skill sets, um, uh, sizes and statures, as well as um, you know, some young guys 
you get to play in front of a, another organization. So, you know, we have um, 90, we have 53 plus 16. There's math there that, you know, and you don't know who it's going to be, you don't know what, but the, those opportunities are uh, premier, really, for, for a guy's career. I, I know um, in, my, in my career, I'll, I'll share with them that there's been several times that we've ended up signing players that we've gone against in joint practices. Those type of things are invaluable. I think my favorite part of the day was seeing Coach come off the field at the end of practice with his daughter in his hands and uh, just seeing the way he interacts with her, man. Like, as someone that is absolutely in love with his daughter and his little baby girl, seeing Coach in that same light, very, very cool to see. And, uh, yeah, he's a good family man, man. Really enjoy this guy. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get the heck out of here. We'll be back again tomorrow for the Zach Thomas podcast. Seth and Juice going to drop by and, and talk about their time up in Canton, seeing Zach go in the Hall of Fame. We'll also play his entire speech here on the podcast for you guys. Then come back on Tuesday for joint practices. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. That's also on Instagram. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and Juice. Check out the YouTube channel for media availabilities drive time content, fish tank content, Dolphins Day, and so much more. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline Cameron, Daddy's coming home.